Welcome to Capital Stories, where we talk to real people about real issues and find intersections of life and faith to help you in your personal walk with Jesus. Today's episode is an interview between Debbie Broussard, who's Capital's Kids Ministry Director, and Jess and Johnny Chang about family discipleship. I love Jess and Johnny. I know. And their little kids named Jill and Josh. Yes. I love the jujujujujus. And they're just all so cute. And you could just eat them up. And they just love each other so much. And they just love God so much mm-hmm. together. Right. And as they found family. some, yeah, as a family, some really cool ways to connect. And that can be hard with these tiny, squishy faced toddlers, yeah. right? To connect <laughs> about God. But right. they found some neat ways to do that. In a genuine way. In yeah. a genuine way, yeah. Like so many parents out there, Jess and Johnny are just learning. How to teach their kids about Jesus in ways that will be practical mm-hmm. and uh, connect with God on on a kid's level. Yeah, right? and that's really why we wanted them on the show. So, without anything further, you get to listen to these incredible parents, incredible humans, incredible disciples of Christ, to be interviewed by our incredible Debbie Broussard on Capital Stories. Okay, I should ask: Do you like to go by Jess or Jessica? I'm fine with either. Just okay. no Jesse. I that's weird, but I I don't think yeah, that's that weird. Like rubs me the wrong way for some reason. It I triggers know. her. <laughs> yeah. I know. And, and you like Johnny or John? Johnny. Johnny. Yeah. It's yeah. actually just Johnny. It is like a yeah. lot of people think name. Johnny is, is short for or okay? a nickname for Johnny or John, but it's not. Yeah. Although we had a neighbor who called him John. Jonathan. Oh, I don't know. Did she? I think so. I mean, but do you have a middle name? Always called you John. So I guess. Johnny is my alias. And <laughs> he has an I, alias, guys. <laughs> I was born with an AKA. <laughs> no, my, he has like a Chinese Yeah, I have a Chinese, Chinese and name. And he goes by Johnny. Yeah. So I have to start by asking, like, hi, can you tell us a little bit about uh, your family? Let's start there. Jess and I have been married for almost 10 years now. And we have a five-year-old boy and a three-year-old daughter. And yeah, um, we're just trying to make it through, I guess. They keep us busy and on our toes, (laughs) for sure. Wouldn't say that we are experts at parenting, but we just try our best. We do our best and um, it's a learning process, right? I think that's keeping it very real. Yes. (laughs) I don't know if any of us are ever experts. We're just trying to get them to age 18 and be functional adults (laughs) who love Jesus, right? Yeah. That's the goal. Now it's the how, right? Yes. Okay, so tell us um, a little bit about your childhood. Like, what in your childhood gave you opportunities to know about Jesus or maybe strengthened you in your faith? I grew up in a family that was uh, kind of split down the middle because my mom is a believer and my dad isn't. She was the one who took us to church, like my brother and I, to church. And I don't think we were pushed or, like, pressured either way in like what to believe, but I do remember there was always kind of like a bit of tension in the family when it came to faith. Um, but I am very grateful for my mom because if she hadn't exposed me to church, then I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't have met you, honey, because we met in youth group. <laughs> so when you say tension, what does that look like? Um, just like even like when they make decisions like they don't come to the table with the same values so i think that makes it really hard because marriage is already hard and then parenting is already hard so if you're not on the same page it just makes it doubly hard right so 
So for Johnny and I, it's very important for us to be united in our decisions and just to be in agreement. Like, I mean, okay, we're not always in agreement, but at least we try to come up with a plan and stick to it when it comes to the kids. We discuss everything. We do. That's the thing. I I think that's uh, one of the strengths of our marriage in our family is we discuss everything and no matter how little or how big we discuss it. And I think it was a kind of a shock to your parents because they don't discuss it. So when we first got married, they were like, why do you have to ask him about everything? I was like, Like, because we have to agree and be on the same page. Because it just makes things smoother. And where do you think you learned that? My parents are that way. So growing up, um, my parents, I grew up in a Christian home. So, um, well, my parents were uh, Buddhist in Taiwan, but um, they uh, converted to Christianity because a family um, poured their lives into my parents. And so I saw that process, you know, they were transitioning from Buddhism to uh, Christianity. And um, then they, my grandparents, they converted my grandparents they, um, to Christianity. So um, I kind of saw this like, ripple, like, ripple effect, effect yeah. from like generational. Yes. Yeah. Impact. Yeah. And then um, we can see like from our, uh, my parents, friends that they uh, poured their lives into ours and into mine and how that like there's a benefit in having like a circle of believers. So um, coming back to your uh, question, you know, um, both of my parents, since they were uh, brought up as believers at the, about the same time, they were, I think they had to um, talk a lot and figure a lot of stuff out together. So um, all growing up, they, um, with any decision, they would explain, you know, this is why we did certain things. This is, um, the reason why this is our plan going forward. Your dad and I, we agree. So that's just the culture of my family growing up. So, and even though like we come from a very similar cultural background, cause Johnny and I were both born in Taiwan and we moved him when we were really little, um, I feel like our families are also very different. Yeah, <laughs> Whereas we had more, yeah, yeah, the dynamics are different. I like my brother and I had a lot of freedom, um, and his family was just like really regimented and more strict in other ways. Yeah. So we, like the both of us, we've had to really work hard to meet in the middle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Otherwise, we're like swinging from one extreme to the other. Yeah. And can you give us an example of what that might look like as far as mm-hmm. raising the kids? Like. Well, okay. I mean, in our family, our current, um, in our house, we like, we do like structure and we do like routine, but we are, we, we're, we like to have fun too and like loosen <laughs> up and be silly. So it's, it's kind of like the best of both worlds, I hope. Yeah. For the kids. Yeah. When the kids are, are at my parents' house, right? My parents have like a plan for the kids from when they come. And by this time, they've got a schedule. They have a schedule. Mapped out. Like by the time we pick them up, they're like bathed, like fed, ready to you know come back. I'm gonna send my kids over to you. Right? It's so awesome. But then it's like the other way around. Over um, or it's completely different from uh, 
Jess's. Yeah. My mom will be like, let's go on a spontaneous trip and she'll take them up like the canyon and do fun stuff like that. Yes. Very adventure based. Um, But I think it's also taught us like faith wise to not to provide that example model for kids, but not be like super legalistic and stringent because you you do have to give them a little bit of freedom to figure it out on their own too, right? For sure. What are some tools that you have found to be helpful when it comes to introducing the kids to Jesus? We love like the children's Bibles. I feel like there's so many good ones out here or out there right now. Um, And the kids Bible app. Josh like loves the kids Bible app. And I'm like, man, I wish we had that when we were little. Yeah. And we went through the Bible project um, through the New Testament together over um, uh, using the Version app. And in the beginning of each section, there's like the, the graphic, the, the storyline. And um, Josh really loved like watching. Um, but I yeah. have to throw out like there's a caveat. I feel like you have to be of a certain age. Like it's not for the young, young right. kids. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it is more descriptive. That's true. He did ask quite a few questions. Like what something? Do you remember an example of that? Why did Jesus have to die? Like when he like uh, didn't really understand. It was was just above his. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like the New Testament, I think. And it had, it just showed um, his crucifixion, although we didn't, I don't think we let him watch that part and then his resurrection. But Josh is just like a really curious boy in general. He has like tons of hard questions all the time. He's like, we're like, oh, goodness, like, Lord, help us. How do we answer this? You know. Yeah. How about in your relationship? How? What have you guys done as a couple to kind of fortify modeling and demonstrating that faith to your kids? Um, do you feel like you have practices? We do. And we try to, like, like have practices that we share with the kids. Um, like, simple things. I feel like anyone could do it at home, like praying with them together at bedtime or any time, right? Um, asking them to practice praying out loud because not growing up in a Christian family or a home like Johnny's, it was really hard for me as an adult to pray out loud. And so I'm like, I want to give them opportunities to do it at home, feel comfortable. And then when they're older, they're not going to feel like, I can't pray out loud in public, you know? So... Yeah, like it's embarrassing. Yes. And you couldn't, you know, yes. I don't have anything to, to say. say. Exactly. Yeah. Just showing them that praying is like talking to God. It's just like talking to mommy and daddy. So um, we like to do Bible stories at bedtime. The kids love to, they love to just like climb on our bed. So that's like a, that's like a bonus, I guess. And then we, um, like one of us will read before they go to bed. Which version of the children's Bible are you using? Do you know? The one that you suggested, Debbie, the beginner's Bible. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just that little. Yeah. We have the Jesus storybook as well, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I like how like succinct and short the yeah. beginner. We have like lots of Bibles Bible. at our house, but that's the one we always go back to. Yeah. yeah. Always good to have a fair amount of Bibles yes. around, sitting around. Lots to choose from. Yeah. So I think the approach that we take is we set an example of how we do things. So... We pray aloud, we discuss questions out loud, and and then we expose them to it. So we set an example and we expose, give them opportunities to see the process, and then we give them opportunities to kind of exercise that. And then afterwards, 
we always like encourage them like good good job you know like way to like put yourself out there and like pray in front of you know grandma grandma, grandma. yeah or mm-hmm. so words of affirmation yeah so <laughs> to words. yeah can you tell he's an engineer? He's like processes and <laughs> I love I love your lingo. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that's good. And that that also makes me think of because we come from different backgrounds and our we think differently. Right. Yeah. yeah. Our kids think differently, right? <laughs> and you have two little ones, even mm-hmm. though they're young, you're probably already seeing certain characteristics yeah. in yeah. each one. Mm-hmm. How do you apply those practices? with their different personalities, different strengths, different maybe weaknesses too? I think, well, first you have to like know your child, right? And know um, their interests. For example, Jill loves music and she will like jam out to music and she loves like listening to worship music in the car. She calls it Jesus songs. (laughs) Can I have more Jesus songs, mommy? And like to her, I feel like that is one way she might be able to relate to God when she's older. Whereas Josh, like he asks a lot of hard questions. Like, like he's very introspective. Yes. And he asks like really hard intellectual questions all the time. So I think when, once you know like what they're into, then you can kind of cater to that need. So when Josh maybe asks a question that you don't know the answer, like for parents that are listening, because oftentimes we get to a place where we don't know the answer. How do you respond to help cultivate that curiosity still? You don't want to squelch it, right? No, exactly. I say ask daddy. No, just kidding. <laughs> Good answer. Yes. <laughs> no, I, we will flat out say like, we don't know. And, you know. Let's like, find out. Let's yes. like, uh, we can ask, you know, someone that knows more or let's uh, do some research and then we'll come back or let me think of a way to rephrase the, the Trinity to, to Josh, you know? Yes. That has come up multiple times with this like, boy. And I'm like, honey, like adults have a hard time grasping this concept. Yeah. I don't know how to describe and explain it to a five-year-old. Yeah. But um, we did do. You f- did you find a way? Yeah. Through like, uh, Transformers. Well, this is, yeah, Johnny's way. Let's ways. hear it. Explaining it. Yeah, he's really into Transformers. So we had to bring out his Transformers and uh, say, Josh, this Transformer is like the Trinity, like God. And you know how this arm can take break apart and be its own Transformer. And he has a separate job. Love this. And, I love this. So and this, this leg, you know, so uh, has a different job. But it all comes together. It's the same same transformer. <laughs> it took was him a while. His, we, was his mind blown? Well, uh, I think he, he... He's still processing. Yeah, he's still processing, <laughs> but we're trying. To be determined. So in his mind, God is a ginormous <laughs> transformer. transformer. <laughs> Love I it. Yeah. I hope this is not like blasphemous. No, yeah. no, no, no. But I would say that you made it relatable to him. Yeah. Yes. And in real time, to help him understand something that's very developmentally broad and abstract. So I love that. And I think that is like a gift of Johnny's because oftentimes, like I might not know an answer, but sometimes I do. And I still am not able to explain it in a way that he understands. But then when we say, okay, let's ask someone else, let's let's ask dad. Like you usually have a great way of breaking it down for them in a way that they can relate to, I guess. 
Just speak more on Josh's age level <laughs> wavelength. You know. Yeah. You speak five year old. That's what yeah. you're saying. Um, but going back, I was going to say that another thing we do, um, and this kind of ties in with the whole like we don't know, is we like our kids know that uh, church is not just Sunday school for them because Josh has asked. Like, where do you guys go? Like, when we're in Sunday school. And we say, we are learning from our teacher, you know, the pastor. And we are watching, like, well, during COVID. Like, they watch theirs, their video or whatnot, or so- worship song or do their lesson. And then we watch a sermon. And so they know that we are doing the same thing. We're learning about God. We don't know all the answers. When I ask them what they do, what they learned in Sunday school, so that we can have a discussion, we try to share what we've learned so that now, like, even if I, if I forget, Josh will be like, so what did you guys learn, like, today? You know, yeah. like, what did you learn today? So I, I would say that is something, because I know I follow you on social <laughs> media, Jess, that you're very creative. Um, and can you kind of share some of that creativity on, like, how have you gone about finding creative ways to integrate Jesus into your day to day, I do try to bring more f- to bring the fun into it because I feel like you don't. It doesn't have to be like let's sit down and do a devotional and read our Bibles. Although I did try that too during the pandemic. We tried a lot of things during the pandemic, um, and they don't always fly. So I I feel like you just have to incorporate. It's incorporated into the everyday things, like into life. Like what's what's an example that maybe didn't stick? Um, so I had the idea that we're going to go through, Josh was in preschool last year. I was homeschooling and we were, you know, doing a letter a week. And I'm like, well, I'm going to not only teach him the letter name and the letter sound, uh, I'm going to attach like a, an attribute, you know, like a biblical attribute and make him learn that too. And it was like overdose, like it was just too much. And so we had to ease back. Um, and I think the when the times when it's like he has a question and I'm like, oh, okay, you're interested in this. Or like he'll read a story like about Moses. And then I'm like, okay, if he's interested in Moses, let's just do a deep dive into everything about that story. We can do an ocean theme. We can do whatever that's tied to something that he's already interested in. It's more organic that way, and I'm not, like, forcing it down their throats, you know? So, yes, I'm a big fan of Pinterest. Just, I mean, you can find so many ideas on the internet now, so I can't take credit. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. What's something that, can you think of another example of something that worked and that made him even more curious? Or Jillian, too. I know, we forget her. She just tags along sometimes. No, but sometimes those second, the, you know, (laughs) number two... Is, yeah, uh, they... <laughs> follows along. This was kind of like an like an awe moment for me, where I'm like, the things that I teach you from day to day, like really are sticking. And it wasn't even anything I did, but we were doing like a super. They were like really into superheroes and dressing up. Um, and Josh, I overheard Josh telling Jill that his he's like he's. Like, I'm not making this up. He literally said something like, Jill, we have a super, super power, and it's to, like, share Jesus' love with others. And, like, whenever I hear things like that, I just want to, like, 
be like, okay, let's talk about this. Like, tell me like what you know about this and just open that conversation up. So a lot of it is teachable moments. Yes. Yeah. Just finding those moments and latching onto those and going like as far as you can with it. And that means you have to listen. It's true. Yes. Right. You have to listen to those opportunities. And I think that's really important that you're and it doesn't always work either. Like a couple weeks ago, we went camping in Bryce and I'm trying to point out like God's creation and like how he made all this. And Josh is like, eh, and Jill like walks away. I'm like, okay, well that I tried, but it did, it didn't stick and that's yeah. okay. We'll try again later. <laughs> how did it look? How did that parenting change in the pandemic? Whew. Um, <laughs> pandemic was good and bad. In, in a lot of ways. No, it was mostly good. We actually had, um, we were very blessed um, because we still got to do homeschool with a great group of friends. So we still had community. Um, Can you describe how that came about, the homeschool with friends? Oh, okay. Because uh, I thought that was really cool. It was because, yeah, I we didn't feel comfortable sending them to school. We had them all registered, and we're like, no, we didn't feel comfortable. So I'm like, okay, what can we do? And as you guys know, I was a first grade teacher, so I'm like, I can do this. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, what other families are in the same boat as us and um, that we can you know bring along for the ride? And so we found like three other families. So it was a group of four families with similarly aged kids with similar beliefs. And I just called them up and I'm, I told the moms, I'm like, I will help find the curriculum. We can all take turns. So basically we had our own kids Monday through Thursday and then Friday, um, each mom took a turn. So similar to a co-op. Yes. It's like we made our own little Mm -hmm. co-op. Um, and I just, I just think when, like, life throws you lemons. Like, that was kind of what last year was like, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, you got to make the most out of it, right? And I'm not going to wait around for someone else to figure it out for me. So uh, I just feel like when God gifts you in certain ways, you should use those talents that he gave you, right? And, and um, if it can bless others, even better. So that was really like a beauty out of ashes kind of experience for us, for sure. I think a lot of the moms were kind of apprehensive at first because they didn't come from like an educational background, but I would have to say like everyone rose to the occasion. We were like blown away um, by like what they did every week. And I just, I am a strong believer that God equips us and he helps us and sustains us when we need it. I mean, it was a crazy time, but it was a huge blessing too, because God really set us up to, for me to work from home and for just to have the bandwidth or just availability to um, start this co-op. And so we were kind of like um, already prepped for this co-op and I was able with my work to be uh, flexible to where I can uh, help out if needed. And I think it's helped our family dynamic too, because we're, I think we've had to lean on each other a lot more. And so it's, I think helped, um, our relationship, our kids relationship really helped our strengthen our family. I think. Yeah. 
I mean, it's it wasn't all rainbows and butterflies either. Like, there were like times when you're like, how long can I be in this house like with the same four people, right? It was <laughs> get some cabin fever. But the upside was that they got to see more of their dad. And you mentioned leaning on each other, but it also sounds like you were leaning on the community. Yes. At large, too. Yes. I would say, like, just our small group has been a huge resource and tool. Um, Can you tell us more about the small group? Like, what kind of a small group? Okay. So, let me give you the backstory about (laughs) our small group. Uh, This was, our small group has been around for about three years, I want to say. So, I started a podcast club, is what we call it. Yes. (laughs) And I just kind of similar to the whole homeschool co-op, I just found ladies in the same season and walk um, in their journey. And I said, hey, you know, you have a kid around in the same age as mine. Do you want to be in the small group together? And I know, sorry, I know we're busy as moms because we were like young moms. I think Josh was like a toddler at the time. Uh, We don't have time to read books. So we listen to like Christian slash parenting podcasts, and then we get together every other Saturday to uh, discuss it and talk about what we learned. And then the best part is while the ladies are meeting, the dads take the kids out on daddy playdates. So, oh, that's a fabulous small group. Yes. So, like everyone is involved, and the dads get time with other dads, and they get to spend time with their kids. Um, so I, I, it's been a very important part of our lives for the last three years, I would say, don't you think? Yeah. Like in, I I think is it the book Sticky Faith that talks about having important adults in your kid's life. I feel like a lot of these dads and moms are, uh, are those people for our kids. Like they feel comfortable around them because they see them every other week. I love that. I love that. And do you see, um... I'm thinking of like some of those influencers, like even though your small group are people in the same season that you're in, Mm -hmm. broader than that, capital as a whole, as a community or outside of capital, like your, your, your grand or your parents, Mm -hmm. right? And how they can be an impact for discipleship for your children. Like, what does that look like? Um, we had talked about how both grandmothers have been really encouraging of our kids. And same sure. with uh, Sunday school. You know, they mm-hmm. see the same teachers week in, week out, and um, they know them. And so they're a big influence on on the kids. So Sometimes I think it's important for others to see that even if you're not a parent or if you're um, – a grandparent and you're an empty nester that you still have that influence. You still have that ability to pour into kids and encourage them and, and demonstrate for them. We've had really good neighbors as well. Like um, our neighbor from our old house that we moved, we moved out of our old house two years ago, but we still keep in really close contact with them. Um, Like she's how old? How old is she? In her 80s. She's in yeah. her 80s. But they're like, her and Josh are pen pals and they write to each other every month back and okay, forth. Okay, that's the sweetest thing <laughs> I've ever heard. Yeah. And they are such um, like giving people. They are so, we, they've been super blessed in that they've had like not just two sets of grandparents, but like these other examples in their life. So, 
Yeah, and I just think that's so incredible <laughs> for their just to pour into kids in such a positive way. Yeah. Is so, so important. Have there ever been anything that you two maybe disagree on? Oh, yeah. How have you navigated that? Definitely, of course. But as far as parenting. Oh, well, even in the car, we were having disagreements. <laughs> just, it's Did you give hard... us an example? Oh, no, it was just, I just feel like COVID times is a hard time to navigate, and you're just making so many decisions, and you want the best for your family, the best for your kids. Um, but just being on the same page, he's like, wait, 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 like, you're sending me mixed signals. Like, so we just had to talk through it. Like, we're not even done with the conversation because we, we came here and we we're like, let's table this. We will recontinue <laughs> after we're done. But specifically with COVID, with the kids or with? Oh, just, yeah, decisions about, like, school. The, a and lot of unknowns. Activities and extracurriculars, what to do, what not to do. Right. Yeah. So. I mean, there are certain things we discuss privately, but a lot of things we discuss in front of the kids so they can see that mom and, and dad don't agree, but we're talking about it and we're going to come up with the decision based on our, uh, you know, our thoughts and what our opinions are. And we're going to go with that. And after we make that decision, that's our plan. And we're just going to execute and just uh, run with it. And yeah, they know that we are like a team. And if you ask dad something like mom is not going to say something different, like they cannot get away with something that the other parent has already said no to or, you know, playing one against the other. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And how has it changed with, I know, Josh's first child. How has it changed with Jillian? Second child. Uh, how has your parenting changed? Oh, <laughs> We're trying to be consistent. Oh, man. Ultimately, the goal is to raise, um, we only have, we were just talking about this last night, we only have 18 years to, to equip Josh and Jill to be functioning adults who love Jesus that are strong in their faith. And realistically, only half of that is when we're actually teaching. The second half is equipping yeah, like these formative years are so like, we feel like they're so fleeting and so foundational. And it's almost like you have this like one shot, but I know we don't. I know everyone makes mistakes, but we just want to take full advantage of those opportunities. But yeah, Jill is a whole different child than Josh. And we've had to... Um, a lot of grace and patience. I guess, I just, and you both say. sighed at the same time, <laughs> which gave me like, hmm. <laughs> we always wonder, we're like, would it be harder to have a really easy, good child as your first child or have a really hard child and then have the easy child next? I don't know. Not I don't sure. know if you'd have a second child if you had a child the first. <laughs> but then you'd be like, wow, this is a breeze, right? Yeah. A piece of cake. Piece of cake. How have you navigated through those differences, though? Well, I think they know, like, you want to treat your ch children equally, but you, uh, but you, realistically, you cannot, right? I feel like you can't because they have different needs. We try and meet both kids where they're currently at, not trying to um, have them meet us where our expectations. And not comparing them to each other, you know, because... Um, I think it's easy, like you have to check yourself. It's easy to be like, well, 
so-and-so is like this. Like in your mind, you're thinking, why can't you be like this sometimes? Um, but just accept, accepting them for who they are. We were listening to um, the audiobook of Siblings Without Rivalry during our road trip. We learned a lot from that. <laughs> like n n not comparing, um, not feeding into like negative behavior, but ident or just identifying that identifying who they are and acknowledging that. I, I feel like I'm constantly learning. I'm like, there is like an endless there's just like endless things you can learn about parenting. Like I don't know if we will ever feel like completely equipped because I mean, there's a lot of resources out there too, good resources. So we just, uh, like whenever we see a workshop or a class, we like try to jump on that. <laughs> Take advantage of it. Yeah. 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 Well, and I think also too, um, what you're describing in their differences is maybe how they will respond differently to God too. So I think that's really important when you look at kids' differences in their personalities and and one might worship and be in nature and see God in creation, and another might dive deep into books and want to dig deeper into truths and things like that. So I think it's really important that you recognize their differences, and from that you can adapt. I think you guys are really representing an age group that is very, um, sometimes I think in the thick of it, you feel a little bit like you're drowning in parenting, yeah. Right. Yeah, you're and just surviving. overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Overwhelmed. So yeah. I, I think this is really useful and helpful and creative. <laughs> you know, what would you say to the parent who doesn't know where to start? Where to start? Like, how do I do this? I don't have a background in education. I don't have a background in Bible. Where do I start? What advice would you give? a parent that maybe feels like they waited too long no. in sharing their faith? <laughs> like, no, you can't. I don't think there's a, such thing as like, it's too late. I, I think you just start where you're at, right? Um, take a baby step. And I, I feel like there's so many good resources out there. And just not to be, not be afraid of asking for help too, or asking for support. Um, and if you don't have that community, like, don't be shy about, like, finding one. Just go out there. Put yourself out there. Um, we've had to do that multiple times. But in the end, like, it was a huge payoff. Like, we've been immensely blessed by the times when I'm like, well, I don't have this. So let's pray about it. And let's just move in the direction we feel nudged, you know, kind of like that leap of faith that you have to take. Um, Can you think of a specific example? Oh, um, just know, like, like what I'm, I was referring to, like when we started the podcast um, club, when we did a homeschool co-op, it was like I saw a need and I felt like God was saying, okay, just um, go in this direction and I will provide. And he did. So, and I think all those experiences where you, if you're serving, like whether you're serving at church or VBS or, you know, serving in Sunday school, all those things um, build on each other. So like Johnny and I used to do Sunday school, like I think you taught Sunday school before we were married, right? Um, and all those little things have 
equipped us and like given us tools along the way. So, um, I guess practically speaking, um, or just thinking in my head, I guess, um, like start praying, you know, with the kids as easy as that. Like just, um, prayer is huge. God can change hearts. He can bring people that are ahead of you in faith to partner alongside you, walk with you. Um, um, yeah. And, you know, pick up, a. A story Bible and yeah. start reading through it at night. Yeah, mm-hmm. and just kids love reading that over and over and over, and it's it's a sweet time, and it'll just it'll be a natural um, story that they have in their mind. Um, join a small group. It's we've seen so many benefits from being in a multi generational um, small group where there's people that are ahead of us in life, ahead of us in faith, that we can kind of ask questions and ask for advice, not even in faith, maybe in parenting, Mm -hmm. just practically. And also um, you can be an example to others who are maybe someone that a couple that doesn't have kids that they can see your, the way you're struggling and figuring things out and they can ask you questions. So um, there's a lot of ways to, and I think a lot of resources came out during COVID when people had to go online. I know like right now media has some great resources and then also uh, podcasts. Like we are big fans of podcasts, like I had mentioned. And there's some great ones about like motherhood, um, parenting in general. The beauty of podcasts is whatever you're struggling, there's probably someone that made a podcast about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so. and I love that you guys are still learning. Yeah. And open to learning. Yeah. Is there anything else that you would like to share that maybe would be helps for families too? I think um, just sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but we keep trying because consistent is key. Um, but we just, we just try and model spiritual disciplines like reading the Bible, things like that. You have to, I found in just doing it, over and over repetition, eventually it becomes a habit and it becomes like something that you, it's just part of who you are, what your routine, um, prayer life is the same thing. Just consistently pray. And I think we've seen benefits from praying. We've had certain things kind of like sprung on us, you know, and Josh's first instinct was like, let's pray about it, you know, like, and this is very, small and but josh smashed his toe on on a, like, like a chair a, fell yeah, on it or something yeah i think the was it the was like the bar stool oh, dropped yeah, on the it bar stool. yeah um but he had been praying and praying praying that his toenail would grow back i know and as a parent you're just like oh please lord like, <laughs> keep it on like i don't want to shake his faith you know <laughs> Yeah, he was and praying for it to stay on or to come off. He did not want it he, to fall off. Yeah, oh, he did he not. He wanted want a toenail. Off. Okay, okay. <laughs> he thought he was going to lose his toenail. Yeah. Even though we tried to convince him that it will go back and things happen, you know. So I can't wait to hear the end of this. So <laughs> every night he's like just praying, you know, and you can hear him through the monitor, like, please God, you know, like, I pray for my toe, you know. <laughs> 
But then uh, one day where, you know, the the old, the dead toenail. I mean, this is kind of graphic. I'm sorry. It's okay. Anyone it's with good. kids is yeah. like, I'm I was going to say, I think we're all used to graphic. Yeah. If your parents. <laughs> but uh, um, you can see the new that's growing underneath. You know, he's like, I've been praying for a long time that this would happen. <laughs> Yes, and, and God answered his it prayer. It did, yeah. Yeah. And and his five year old mind. Yes. Yeah. There's a great big God out yeah. there. Yeah. And so he's gonna carry that for a while until the next, you know, <laughs> thing happens and he'll know that, you know, praying is important. So But that's that's like I feel like that's how faith is built even in adults, yeah. right? You just like from one God experience to the next God moment and so forth. Um, your story made me think of just when two weeks ago when we were on our Bryce trip, I thought I lost my phone. No, I I did lose my phone. <laughs> and I'm like frantically trying to search for it. And um, I, like Jill was sitting with his mom, my mother-in-law, and um, we're like, have you guys heard or seen anything? Because he was dinging it the whole time. And they were like at the table, like praying for my phone. And I was like, oh, like when that is like their natural response then you know, like, it's not just going in one ear and going out the other, you know. It's so, sticking. It's sticking, yay. Yeah. It's those practices over and yeah. over and over exactly. again. Exactly. Repeated exposure is what Johnny keeps saying, and that's what it takes. Like, and then all you can do is hope, right? And just pray that, like, someday, then it will be enough for them to have their own, to develop their own relationship with Christ, and that it'll be deeper than just, you know, something they heard when like a, a Sunday school story. Yeah, it'll be real, is what I mean. As we're growing in our faith, that I've learned that it's uh it's important to be intentional, right, in what you're teaching them. And sometimes like to even explicitly teach the kids um like about salvation even. Because I feel like when they're little they get a lot of like Bible stories and stuff, which is a great foundation, but oftentimes they don't necessarily hear that gospel message of, hey, Jesus came and, um, you know, came to save me from my sin. And obviously you have to determine like what age, <laughs> at what age are they ready for? And every kid is going to be different. But just last night I was explaining to Johnny and I'm like, I went to church when I was little, but I don't think I like even heard that gospel message or I didn't realize until I was in high school. Like, like I guess most, most kids, they don't, unless they're in youth group and they go to youth camp, like you don't always necessarily learn like the nitty gritties. So, so how do you go about doing that? So say there's a discipline issue. Can you tie in that salvation message and the gospel message yeah, to. I mean, like, even my kids now, like, they know, like, hey, like, there's, we are all sinners. Like, there is sin in this world. And it was because they know it's because of, from their story that they heard in Sunday school about Adam and Eve. But um, they know that mommy and daddy are sinners. We're not perfect. We make mistakes. We're still learning. So, like, like even just, I, I'm thinking just using, like, the vocabulary sometimes, it's kind of, it just, it's just like a little bit of exposure at, at a time, right? And then as they grow older, they're not going to be, like, 16 and be like, whoa, mom, this is, like, the first time I've ever heard yeah. this. <laughs> so. Well, and I'm thinking of your attributes of God, like, <laughs> tying that in <laughs> to, to yes. all these situations, too. 
thank you both for being a part of this story and um, or episode, I guess, of Capital Stories. And we appreciate you. Yeah, thanks sharing. for having us on. It's yeah. it was fun. It's really good. Really, really good. Thank you for listening. Um, Jess literally has like a million and a half resources on her. She was a teacher. Yeah, she's yep. a, she, yep. was a she was a teacher. Yeah. She's got tons and tons of resources Very organized. that she brought in. Um, so we've got links to all of those in the show notes and on the website, capitalstories.com. Check them out, especially if you're a parent. There's some cool tools in there for you to um, equip yourself to teach your kids and help your kids love God in, in their own way. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see you next time. <laughs>